Previously in The Old Enemy. I hate wet farts. My name's Turner, Turner Wilkes. Nice to meet you, Bill. Welcome to St Mary's Sanctuary. I'm going to make everything wonderful for you. I won't be long. But you're a train repairman, aren't you? Why would you have to go and check something? My name's Bangy Harrison. Where am I? It's great to see you, Bangy. There's only me and you here so far, but Bill's already working his magic, so there's bound to be thousands of us in a few minutes. I've been with the other St Mary's supporters all along. Are you sure it's a St Mary's heaven you've been in? You're making it sound like a wet farts heaven. It's all because of what happened in 1898. St Mary's and West Hearts amalgamated. What? No, no, no. We're just one club now. Watford Football Club. Go on, Bennett. You're just not getting it, are you? The Toffs were bound to be pulling the wool over your eyes by calling it an amalgamation. But all along, they'll have been making sure they got their way. That's why you'll never see me in your heaven. At least think about joining in with everyone else. It'll be good for you. Get out, you double-crosser. And don't come back! Hornet Heaven The Old Enemy Written by Ollie Wicken Read by Colin Mace Earth Season 2022-23 Part 3 Bill Mainwood is back in Hornet Heaven. He came back to try and make sure no one else goes through the portal to St Mary's Sanctuary and accidentally breaks the big news from 1898 before Turner Wilkes is ready to hear it. Now he's here, though, he also wants to get some advice on how to handle the situation he's uncovered. It's not going to be easy to tell a fan that his club has merged with his deadly rivals. Ah, there you are, Bill, old sausage. Bill has come to see Henry Grover, the man who founded Watford Rovers in 1881. Henry is in his usual booth in the gallery restaurant inside the stadium. I'm glad you popped by. Your young assistant, Derek Garston, told me you went off to an old game with Bangy Harrison earlier, on the sniff for historical information. That's right, Henry. This year is the 125th anniversary of our taking the name Watford Football Club. And to celebrate it, I want to stop. Let me stop you there, Bill. What? Why? Because I think we've all had enough of anniversaries, old poppet. What's this about? What's your objection? Oh, nothing really, old shortcake. It's just that celebrating the 125th anniversary of our club's current name might give people the mistaken impression that we were formed in 1898 and not 1881. But that's not a problem. We can always point to the continuity behind the amalgamation. Shh, Bill. Don't use that word. Amalgamation is a terrible word to use, Bill, old chap. Why? The better story is that what happened in 1898 was just a... Yeah, what do they call it these days? Yes, a rebranding of the club I originally founded as Watford Rovers. A bit like, uh, oh goodness, 
What are those chocolate bars I've seen in tea bars at the ground? Ah, yes, like Marathon, becoming Snickers. It was just like that old thing. Watford Rovers were rebranded as West Hearts and then again as Watford FC. But you can't ignore the historical fact that we merged with St Mary's, Henry. Mergers muddy waters, Bill. What? How do you mean? People will start thinking to themselves, Ooh, I wonder who founded St Mary's. Maybe they're the father of the club. Bill starts to see why Henry cares about this. I mean, I dread to think what things are like in Burton Albion's heaven. Hey, what have Burton got to do with anything? Oh, do keep up, Bill, old pickle. I thought you knew your history in the 1890s. There were two football league teams in Burton, Burton Swifts and Burton Wanderers. They merged to become Burton United, who later merged with Burton All Saints, who later became Burton Town, who later merged into Burton Albion. I mean, pick the bones out of that if you want to decide who gets to be called the father of the club. The important lesson to learn, Bill, old thing, is that we can't let confusion reign in Hornet heaven. We need nice, clean lines. Lines that lead back to you, you're saying. Well, it so happens that they do, old thing, yes. Back through West Hearts to Watford Rovers to Henry William Grover. Bill nods thoughtfully trying to calculate the true scale of Henry's egocentricity. Then he says, I see. Well, while I was at an old Watford St Mary's game earlier, Henry, on the sniff, I made a discovery that's going to make things rather difficult if you really want to suppress the truth of the amalgamation. Goodness, I do hope not, old kitten. What did you find out? Bill tells Henry how he accidentally went through a portal to a St Mary's afterlife that didn't merge with the Watford Rovers and West Hearts afterlife in 1898. Good Lord! And how he found there was one poor lonely St Mary's fan in that heaven, Turner Wilkes. By Jove! And how Turner doesn't know about the coming together of West Hearts and St Mary's yet and won't like it when he does. Well, beat me with a banana and call me a fruit salad. So, what are you going to do? Well, I need to find a way of breaking the news in a way that won't break him. Ah, well, I know just the man for that old sport. Oh, good. Who? Henry names Benjamin Apps who, as the Honorary Secretary of West Hearts in 1898, masterminded the coming together of West Hearts and St Mary's. Ben was behind the whole project, as it wasn't called in those days, mercifully, and he's the man who flogged the idea to support us. He's a master of the dark arts of communications, is old Ben. Let's go and find him. Bill and Henry find Benjamin Apps in the Troy Deeney Atrium by the yellow leather sofas. I say, Bill, Henry. Ben stands up and straightens his tie and smooths his waxed moustache. Greetings, my dear, dear fellows. 
In the final years of the 19th century, Ben Apps was a visionary and a master strategist. He could see that a town the size of Watford couldn't support two professional clubs and his answer was to reduce the number to one. Rename it Watford Football Club and bring the Watford football community together behind a new identity. He knew what he was doing. To what do I owe the very great pleasure of this delegation, gentlemen? Bill explains to Ben that he's interested in one very specific aspect of what happened in 1898. He wants to know how it was presented to the fans. He says, I just can't imagine football fans today accepting an amalgamation. Ben smirks as he recalls what he did. Oh, it was a breeze, Bill, my dear fellow. There wasn't much we needed to say to West Hearts fans because I arranged matters so that we carried on playing at the West Hearts ground and the vast majority of the team were West Hearts players. What's more, we carried on with the West Hearts fixture list in the Southern League. It was very much business as usual for West Hearts fans. But what about St Mary's fans? Weren't they upset at losing their ground and the majority of their players? <laughs> I foresaw that, my dear chap, of course. So I made sure we signed a couple of crowd favourites, like Jack Cother and Bobby Slaughter. And I honoured a couple of St Mary's legends like Bangy Harrison and Harry Culverhouse by giving them seats on the committee. Only junior seats, of course, but the baying mob doesn't consider detail like that. I wanted the St. Mary's fans to feel they were seeing continuity. But what did you say about who owned the club? Ah, yes, that was something of a masterstroke, I don't mind admitting. In the newspapers, we use the word you just used, Bill. Amalgamation. We didn't want some Mary's supporters feeling put out because it was an absorption or takeover. Henry interrupts. Well, if you ask me, Benjamin, old thing, your priority should have been to leave the impression that the club I founded in 1881 was expanding its empire. The word should have been Annexation. <laughs> Absolute tummy what, Henry. It's a good job you weren't in charge of communications. You'd have been an absolute shower of a spin, Doctor. A positive shower. We needed to control the narrative far more deftly than that. Really, Ben? says Bill. You were trying to control the narrative. <laughs> Not just trying, Bill. We did it rather well. We had the proprietor of the Watford Observer on our side, Charlie Peacock. Charlie had played in the original Watford Rovers kickabout with Henry in 1881 and was still very much involved in the club at West Hearts. It was devilishly handy to have a West Hearts man making sure St Mary's fans kept reading the word 
amalgamation in the media. And did using that word work like an absolute dream, Bill, my dear fellow? It suggested equal partners coming together. And were St Mary's equal partners? Anyway, Bill, moustache, things to do, schemes to scheme. But I've got more questions. It was lovely reminiscing about my finest hour. Tulpip. Bill frowns as Benjamin Apps glides smoothly away. He says to Henry, Well, Henry, I'm afraid that's made me suspect that what Benjamin arranged in 1898 wasn't a case of equal partners coming together. Good, because that would strengthen my case as the undisputed father of the club, old thing. So, shall we just spread the word that it was an annexational sausage and be done with it? Stop it, Henry. This isn't about you. It's about Turner Wilkes in St Mary's Sanctuary. I don't want him to be sold a lie. Football fans deserve to know the truth about their clubs. Goodness, Bill, there's a statement. Football fans deserve to know the truth about their clubs? And there was I thinking you approved of the way Gino Pozzo runs things at Watford, old girl. Please, Henry... We owe it to poor old Turner to treat this matter seriously. I want to get to the bottom of exactly what happened in 1898. I think I'll put Derek Garston on the case. The truth must out, Henry. Bill steps out of the Troy Deeney atrium onto the junction of Vicarage Road and Occupation Road. He sees Bangy Harrison walking up the slope towards him. Bangy looks downcast. Bill says, Are you all right, Bangy? Where have you been? Bangy has just arrived back in Hornet Heaven through the portal and rematerialised at the bottom of Occupation Road. St Mary's Sanctuary, like you. But aren't you happy you've discovered their heaven? You made hundreds of appearances for Watford St Mary's. Why are you looking so glum? Because the football was terrible, and then I got thrown out of the place. By a fan? Golly, why did he throw you out? Because I told him what happened down on earth in 1898. Oh, crikey, what did you say to him? I said that St Mary's amalgamated with West Hearts. You used that exact word, did you? Yes. And how did it go down? Oh, you know, the way Watford went down from the Premier League last season. Wretchedly. Oh, dear. So even Benjamin Apps's media machinations wouldn't have done the trick with Turner. Now we need a plan to help the poor man cope with the news. It'll need to be better than Gino Pozzo's plan to cope with relegation. Bill wants time to think. If Turner didn't like the idea of an amalgamation, he's really not going to like the idea that it was actually a takeover, if that's what Derek finds out. I guess someone will need to go back and talk to him, though I'm not sure at this stage what we'd say. Do you think you could go again, Bangy? You were a Watford St Mary's legend, 
He must be a big fan of yours. Hmm, let me think. They called me a turncoat, a backstabber, and a snake. Golly, I saw a player portrait of you in an 1895 newspaper supplement, and I don't remember it saying that. Good job fanzines didn't exist in those days then, Bill, old boy. Well, we'd better try and think of someone else who could go. We'll definitely need someone he likes and respects. Don't rub it in, Bill. He seemed much keener on Jack Cother than on me. Bangy shuffles off into the atrium. When he's gone... Bill stands outside the Hornet's shop and comes up with a new plan. As well as getting Derek Garston to fact-find about the so-called amalgamation, he'll ask the boy to track down anyone who might have been close to Turner 125 years ago in the hope that a friend or family member could go and talk to him. And, before that, he'll ask Jack Cother, a favourite of Turner's, to go and make peace in the short term, if he can. A short while later, Turner Wilkes is still in the defunct afterlife that was connected to Hornet Heaven for 125 years without anyone knowing. He's playing the organ again. He mutters to himself, We got into bed with wet farts. How can we have fallen for it? They claimed it was beneficial for the whole community when all they wanted was what was best for wet farts. That's what people with money and power do when they want more money and power. It's disgusting. The rich got their hands on football as soon as it became a recognised sport and started destroying it. Hello? Turner? For God's sake! People these days are like horse-drawn buses. You wait for ages, then free turn up. I thought I'd come and say hello. It's Jack Coffer. Turner's mood changes back instantly. Gordon Bennett? Jack Cother? In person? Turner makes his way to the main entrance of the church and sees his favourite player, his hero. Turner's overawed, even though Jack's 50 years older than when Turner last saw him. Jack Cother, as I live and breathe. Well, I'm not exactly living, obviously. <laughs> but, um, but this is amazing. I haven't seen you since the last Saints game I saw. Good to meet you, Turner. Against wet farts, it was, at their place in 1898. The Toffs turned us over 2-0, but you gave it everything you always did. Thanks. I've heard you're St Mary's number one fan. <laughs> one and only in this afterlife. Proud to be a saint, though, definitely. Can I come in? Of course, of course. Let's go and sit down. Turner leads Jack into the nave of the church. They sit down next to each other in one of the wooden pews. Jack gets a conversation started. He's been in a football afterlife since 1946, so he's used to chatting to fans. But this time, he's discussed with Bill Mainwood exactly how to direct his discussion with Turner. He subtly introduces the theme of his argument straight away. So, tell me about yourself, Turner. You're a Watford man, right? Born and bred. Spent my whole life in the town. Loved the place. Me too. I never moved away. I'm told I'm buried in Watford, in Vicarage Road Cemetery, and apparently there's a pub named after me on the St Albans Road. The Cother Arms. Yeah, I'm proud of that. Blimey, 
You should be. I always thought of Watford as the town where I belong. We're the same then. Other players played for the county, Hertfordshire. But what I really wanted was to represent my town. I'd have loved to do that if I'd been good enough. Only I couldn't, because there were two Watford teams. St Mary's and West Arts. Well, you chose the right team in St Mary's. That's true. I love the Saints. Cool. You don't know how much it warms my heart to hear that. Do you remember that 7-0 win over Claremont Athletic? Of course I do. You scored twice. Happy days. Jack feels the conversation's going well. He's laid the groundwork for his argument and he seems to have got Turner's trust. Except... Jack notices Turner's face creasing. Turner says... If you love the Saints, how come you got involved with wet farts? With what? With the toffs. The knobs. Why didn't you tell them where they could stick their so-called amalgamation? Because I liked the idea. The merger meant I could play for Watford Football Club, the team that represented the town. Jack watches Turner's face uncrease a little as he joins the dots of the argument. I see. Yes, I suppose things were a bit different for players. But what about the St Mary supporters who loved the Saints and hated wet farts? What were we meant to do? St Mary's fans got behind a team that belonged to everyone in Watford. When a whole town can celebrate a victory, it brings people together, you see. Everyone got behind one team. Hmm. That makes sense, I suppose, but... I can't see how anyone could transfer their loyalty overnight. Supporters like me were passionate about the Saints and what the Saints stood for. Jack's got an answer ready for this. It's the next step in trying to persuade Turner to come to Hornet Heaven. Well, it helped that the first match everyone saw was special. Jack can tell straight away that he's got to Turner. Oh God, don't say that. I spent 125 years wondering what happened in the next game. I could take you to watch it. If you like. No, I... I don't know. I'm busy. I'm, um... I'm waiting in for the repairman. If he actually is a repairman. But where's the arming going? No, no, no. I... I, I, How about you, you just tell me the score? Just the score. Okay. You ready? Turner closes his eyes and nods. It was a home game. And the town's new team, the Watford Football Club, beat Wickham Wanderers 15-0. What? Turner opens his eyes wide. Our town's team won 15-0 in our first competitive match. Can you imagine how that felt? Fifteen? Now? I was playing, so I can tell you, it felt amazing. Turner's face pinches with the look of a man who wants something he thinks he shouldn't. But it kind of felt amazing. Wet farts were involved. Come to the game. Just that first one. See how you feel. No obligation. 
No. No, I can't. I mean, can I? Well, I suppose, to be fair, I haven't seen a new game of football in a very long time. And you said you loved the town. So... Turner nods. All right. Because it's you, Jack, I'll give it a go. Turner and Jack materialise in Hornet Heaven in the half-light at the bottom of Occupation Road on their way to the Wickham game. Turner attempts to peer through the gloom. He says, Well, this isn't much to write home about. They start to walk up the slope. As the light brightens, Turner feels his spirits lift. For the last 125 years, all he's known in St Mary's Sanctuary has been the inside of a dark church and a bunch of 19th century football matches on muddy patches of ground. Now, he's walking in sunshine. He takes in his surroundings. The road has a smooth, hard surface of a kind he's never seen before, and the architecture looks weird. Above head height to his left, there's a yellow building with black-bordered windows behind red metal balconies. What's this heaven called? Ornit Heaven. Watford Football Club are known as the Ornits because they play in yellow and black. They play here, at Vicarage Road. Is that where we are? Originally, it was a gravel pit. Then it was a recreation ground. I like the sound of that. If I can't have the bog and the sewer end, an old gravel pit will do nicely. Turner looks to his right and sees fences, gates and sheds. Those sorts of things existed down on earth before he died in 1896, but the structure up ahead on his left is like nothing he's ever laid eyes on. There's a jet black wall stretching up the hill, with rectangular yellow canopies jutting out. He can't work out what it's made of. Did the world run out of bricks or something? It's meant to look classy, but it's all a bit lardy dar if you ask me. Sounds like the people in charge are still rich knobs then. A few steps later, Turner pauses. He looks up and sees a mural. A man in yellow and black football kit is sitting on a football, wearing huge sparkly spectacles. Who's that? Your greatest ever player? Jack laughs. They carry on walking along the pavement. Up ahead, Turner sees groups of people outside a bank of turnstiles. They're standing around happily, chatting and joking, as if they're all old friends. The sight stops Turner dead. He reaches out for the black wall to support himself. After 125 years of loneliness, he's overwhelmed by seeing so much humanity. So much company. Blimey. You okay? I I think I need a moment. Take your time. There's, there's so many of them, Jack. And I've probably forgotten how to make friends with people. You won't have done. Hey. <laughs> Maybe I'll see people I know. Probably. If they change to following Watford after the amalgamation, they'll have come here when they died. Everyone here has got the same thing in common. We all love the town's team. 
Turner watches a lady in a Victorian dress chatting with a man in a T-shirt with something about the 1984 FA Cup final on it. But I haven't got that in common, Jack. I only love St Mary's. He feels Jack place a sympathetic hand on his shoulder. So did a lot of people here. And I don't want to stop loving St Mary's. No. No, I, I don't belong here. I can't belong here, ever. I won't fit in. Turner leans against the black wall with his hands on his knees. Jack says, OK, wait here while I get us a couple of programmes for the Wickham game. You're probably the only football fan in existence who hasn't heard this phrase before, but we're going to take it one game at a time. Bill Mainwood has been watching this. He's with Henry Grover in the atrium, looking out of one of the huge windows. What Bill wants more than anything is for Turner Wilkes to join the football-loving community that came together around a single club in the town of Watford in 1898. He wants Turner to share the ups and downs of following Watford Football Club, enjoying the friendship and support of thousands of people in all in heaven. So Bill was delighted when he saw Jack Cother bringing Turner up Occupation Road to the Wickham game. But now he's just seen the St Mary's fan having a bit of a wobble. He hears Henry say, Look, old petal, Jack's coming. Bill watches Jack Cother come through the doors. Jack says, Get your head down, Bill. He'll see you. What? Why would that be a problem? He thinks you're a repairman from somewhere called... Heaven headquarters, remember? If he finds out you were from Hornet Heaven all along, he'll see the whole thing as some kind of stitch-up by the old enemy. Henry laughs. <laughs> You're not terribly good at subterfuge, are you, Bill, old muffin? What fun if this Turner fellow starts thinking you're an underhand, double-dealing twister. You'll need to hide from him for the rest of eternity. Bill realises Jack and Henry are right. He drops to the floor below window level, onto his hands and knees. Oh, yes. Very good, Bill. Pretending to be a table. Good move. Keep that up for infinity and you'll be fine. <laughs> or are you reenacting that goal Leo Markham scored for us in the mud at Plymouth Argyle in the 1970s? <laughs> Bill curses. He made a terrible mistake at his first meeting with Turner. It was meant as a benign charade to help usher the man towards a happy and sociable future. But now he's probably going to be responsible for Turner spending eternity in solitary confinement instead. He needs to carry on with his plan, though, he decides. From down by Jack Cother's feet, he issues his instructions for the next stage. Right, Jack. Don't worry about me. Get yourself to the Wickham match and make sure you focus Turner's attention on the former St Mary's players he knows. Jack nods and goes to the shelves to collect programmes for himself and Turner. When Jack's gone, Henry looks down at Bill, who's still on his hands and knees, bottom in the air. Deary me, old flower. <laughs> it looks like you're assuming the position Watford assumed in the Premier League for 11 home games in a row last season.
Turner and Jack go through the ancient turnstile. Turner feels it's a big improvement to be using a program to get through a turnstile rather than putting a date on a inboard. It's exciting too, to be going to a game that's new to him after 125 years of watching repeats. But then... Oh no, you've got to be joking. The first ever competitive game for the newly named Watford Football Club against Wickham Wanderers is a home game. Turner finds himself behind the pavilion at the West Hearts Club and Ground on Casio Road. We're at Wet Fart Central. You didn't tell me home games would be here. This is enemy territory. How could this place ever feel like home to a Saints fan? Because it's yours now. Turner understands perfectly well what Jack's saying. Jack's saying, never look a gift horse in the mouth. But how can he support a team that trots onto the pitch from an elegant brick pavilion? All a club needs is a wooden changing hut, a patch of land and some ropes around it. Why couldn't the Merge Club play at the bog? Watching football should feel rough and ready. This club's home ground isn't who he is. You can sit in the posh seats, if you want. I wouldn't be seen dead in them. They go and stand behind the ropes on the opposite side of the pitch. When the match kicks off, Jack says, Keep your eyes on the former St Mary's lads. Bobby Slaughter's on great scoring form today. Turner nods, but he's feeling short-changed because there are so few Saints regulars to keep an eye on. How could anyone pretend this is an amalgamation when the mix is two parts St Mary's to nine parts wet fart? He casts his gaze around the ground. He can't possibly watch his football here. Where's the working class passion of the crowd? Where's the scuffling and swearing? The toffs are all sitting politely with their mouths closed, presumably to stop the silver spoons from falling out. He can't transfer his allegiance to a club that represents the total opposite of everything he's always held dear. Suddenly there's a mild cheer from the crowd as Bobby Slaughter scores a goal. There you are, Jack says. The former St Mary's man opens his account and the crowd loves it. Don't oversell it, Jack. I don't want to be persuaded to support a team. That's not how being a football supporter works. After the restart, Turner watches the 1898 version of Jack go crashing into a tackle. He has to admit it's great seeing his favourite player in a game he hasn't seen before, but he really doesn't like the shirt Jack's wearing. The colours of the new Watford Football Club are the amber and red stripes that West Hearts wore, with an extra green stripe added. Why is there no trace of the blue and white St Mary's wore? The shirts sum up the whole situation at this first Watford game. Barely anything of Watford St Mary's has survived. Turner knows what the Toffs have done here, he tells himself. They've put it about that this was an amalgamation when really they've wiped St Mary's from existence to get rid of the competition and scoop up all the gate money. He's not watching a football match. He's watching a robbery. He turns to Jack and says, I've seen enough. Turner comes back through one of the ancient turnstiles onto Occupation Road. He stands on the tarmac of Occupation Road and tries to think clearly. The crime took place 125 years ago, 
so there's nothing he can do to change what happened, but at least he can avoid aiding and abetting it. It's a matter of principle. Football is supposed to be an honest contest of skill and endeavour between two teams on a sports field. So when rich owners use money and influence to make sure everything goes their way, it undermines the whole point of the sport. There's a moral imperative here. He should refuse to be a part of what's happened and go back to St Mary's sanctuary. He should refuse to benefit from 19th century expansionist policies. If it means enduring a monotonous, friendless existence, that's what he's got to do. Except, all the other football supporters in the town are obviously having a great time enjoying the legacy of what happened in 1898. They don't seem at all bothered. Maybe he should let the matter drop, like these people around him on Occupation Road have done. Does it really matter if a football club swallowed up its local competitors? Does it matter if Watford Wanderers, Watford Swifts and Watford St Mary's were victims of rich men on the make? He watches the Watford fans chatting and laughing with each other. He wishes he could share their innocence. If he stays, he could share their experience and friendship too. He'd love to stay for that. For a moment he wonders about his son. Finley loved the Saints. The boy was 20 in 1898. Was he fooled into supporting the so-called amalgamation? Hopefully he stuck to his principles and just gave up on football altogether. With a bit of luck he's in some other heaven. A good, honest heaven. Turner focuses on the options facing him. It's time to make his mind up. He looks at the smiling Watford supporters whose afterlife he could share. In contrast, he pictures himself playing the organ, alone in the dark church, having shut himself away for the rest of time. This is his choice. He needs to make a decision. He looks to the skies to galvanise himself. And that's when he sees something that makes up his mind for him. High on the black wall, alongside the words Watford Football Club, there's an emblem he recognises. It's got the word Watford and a badly drawn moose, exactly the same as the enamel badge Bill Mainwood left with him, the thing that Bill said had sentimental value for him. Gordon Bennett, he was from here all along. He wasn't a repairman. He's a spy. Suddenly it all seems clear to Turner. In 1898, the Toffs took over his football club. In 2023, they're trying to take over his heaven. He curses himself for not realising it sooner. The knobs have been trying to sweet-talk him into supporting Watford Football Club so they can add his afterlife to theirs. But he's not going to let it happen. There'll be no amalgamation, absorption or annexation of St Mary's Sanctuary. He won't allow it. I'm going back to defend my patch. I'm going to barricade myself in and the toffs at. End of part three. The story will conclude in part four of The Old Enemy. Hornet Heaven is written and produced by Ollie Wickham. It's read by Colin Mace. If you're interested in historical facts about Watford Football Club's early days and about Watford St Mary's, please visit watfordgold.org.uk. 
Thank you for listening.